0: Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.
1: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, Tim McMaster here, along with Jamal Collier, our MLB.com Nationals reporter, and Jamal. The ballpark of the Palms officially opened on Tuesday. Uh, one of the more grandiose names for a minor for a uh, spring training facility <laughs> for sure, but the commissioner was on hand down in West Palm Beach. Um, the Nationals win the game on a walk off home run by Michael Taylor. Um, the ballpark, if not completely done, is pretty close to it. Um, it seemed like a pretty neat day to be down there with the Nationals.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Anytime you can kind of break up the monotony that comes with just spring training games in general uh, is always a good thing. But this was a, you know, as far as spring training goes, a pretty big day. Uh, when you, you've got this stadium that, that both teams both kind of badly needed and wanted a new spring training home and facility. Uh, and really to have the 15-month timetable when they started in November of uh, 2015 until now to see how kind of quickly and, and impressively they put this thing together. Uh, it's just, it was really something to see. Um, the you know, commissioner kind of remarked that his first time he was there when they broke ground back in, in 2015 uh, and to then come back for the first time and, and see everything that kind of has been put up and everything was, 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 looks great, uh, it's running functionally here, and uh, cause there's still some things, of course, they have to to finish up over the next couple of months, but uh, for all intents and purposes, for fans and for the players, it was a a great new facility. Um, And then the game was also uh, exciting as well with Michael Taylor kind of coming through in that ninth inning. uh, First with a, a could play at the plate to throw out and prevent the go-ahead run from scoring uh, and then hitting the, the game winning home run in the bottom of the ninth. So overall, just an exciting day here in West Palm Beach. And, you know, like I said, here in spring training, anytime you can get some some excitement, you uh, are ready for it.
1: Taylor, great on Tuesday and he's been great pretty much throughout the spring so far for this team. Um, obviously, he's a guy who who the goal is to be, I guess, that fourth outfielder. But how impressive has he been overall and what's his attitude like this spring?
0: Well, this is uh, one of the more interesting kind of storylines, at least for me. Personally, I think about this spring with, with Michael Taylor, because uh, you go back to last season and he was amazing um, that he uh, I forget exactly what his exact numbers or totals end up looking like. But, you know, he was he, pl- he was playing really well, uh, showing off power, showing off his speed. He was getting on base a ton. Uh, and there was, you know, not a small segment of national fans that were calling for him to start every day uh, and, and to potentially bench Jason Worth at that point. Um, you know, Russell's coming off a down year and coming off an injured year. So, of course, then right away Ben Revere gets hurt. Michael Taylor gets thrown in there, and he is the starting everyday center fielder. Uh, and, and things did not go well. That that great spring training didn't carry over to the regular season. So, um, he, it's, it's only been a handful of games so far here as we get going. But he does look good again. He is kind of starting to put some things together, and it's going to be interesting to see um, will he be able to carry over, you know, more easily. Uh, will he be able to kind of, is it, what kind of adjustments is he going to make or just exactly how do you, it, it's weird because when you have success and it doesn't work in the regular season, like you did last year, um, is that something that matters at all this spring for him? And is it something where this is, is kind of just a try run anyway, and they're going to pitch him entirely differently and do entirely different things. to him during reg- the regular season that, you know, how much does this matter? You kind of wonder. So. Taylor uh, Taylor's an interesting case for me because, like you said, he competing for that fourth outfielder spot. He's probably still the favorite. If they have an injury in the outfield, he'd probably be the guy to step in and play every day. But at the same time, there are still are question marks as to exactly how good he could be.
1: Bryce Harper also got off to a good start. His first at-bat yes. of the spring, a home run. That's got to be encouraging for him. And, and what's he been like coming off, obviously, the disappointing season? Sometimes guys can show up at spring training with, uh, I don't know, That frustration carrying over, or they can show up ultra focused. What's he been like so far?
0: Yeah, Bryce is probably close to the ladder, where he's uh, kind of very focused, very ready to put, you know, let last year be last year and and kind of move on with it. Uh, The the biggest, I think, difference for for me is that the guy is definitely—he's always a big guy, and a strong guy, but he he looks uh, physically—he's bulked up, put about 15 more pounds on. Of course, it's kind of a workout. Uh, or workout nut in general, and you can kind of see all the social media. You know, he's always posting kind of his latest workouts or his latest, uh, you know, impressive lifts. But, uh, you know, he he, he uh, very consciously put on some weight this off offseason uh, with the idea that sometimes last year he would drive balls, think he got all of something, and it would just fly out to the morning track or he would, you know, top it up somewhere. It just felt like he didn't have the power to necessarily put the ball uh, out of the park as, as often as he did a couple of years ago. It's one of the things that got, I think, a little bit lost in his season last year. That was kind of like a disappointment overall. But really the thing that happened is he stopped hitting for power at all. I think uh, he had five homers after the break and one home run in that final month of the season. So, I mean, if, if, if this, these are good signs that he's driving the ball so far. He's kind of uh, being able to pull the ball and put it in the air a little bit. So, um, if, if that returns and he kind of returns to, that, to having the power that he had when he hit, you know, I think near 40 home runs or 40 home runs in 2015, uh, I think that's all, that all positive signs for Bryce this season.
1: Uh, and the, the negative note so far, I guess, uh, Max Scherzer was able to throw his first bullpen on Saturday, obviously yeah. coming off the stress fracture late last year on on that right ring finger, but he wasn't able to throw his normal fastball. How much concern is there as we get further into spring, and he's still not on a normal, regular spring routine?
0: We're getting there. I don't think it's, it's necessarily overly concerned just yet. They're still kind of just more being cautious. I mean, I think on one hand they are optimistic and saying, "Hey, when he first got here, that 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 finger was still barking the way it was. We didn't know when the heck he'd be getting on a mound." Um, so the fact that he is at least throwing off the mound right now, and even if it isn't, you know, exactly the, the fastball grip that you know he's accustomed to. Um, at least his arm is staying in shape. So you don't have a guy who you have to kind of build up from the bottom here at this point. So really what you hope is that in the next week or so that, that uh, the pain will go away, you can start going back to his regular grip, and you can start ramping him up and getting him into games. Uh, you know, if if then we start looking at a week, week and a half down the line here and he's still having problems gripping the fastball correctly, then I think that's when you, you start to, to – to, I don't say worry a little bit that he might really not be on time for that first week of the season or even later. Um, but it's still enough time right now. We're still at March first, in about a month, a little over a month before the season starts. So uh, they they are kind of right on that line right now, where Max is, you got to watch a little more closely, but not not too too soon to panic right now.
1: The Nationals have added more depth to that bullpen. It's obviously something they've been working on for the entire off season. They they didn't get the big name guys at the back end that they were hoping to get. But they had Joe Blanton or agreed to a deal with Joe Blanton one year. Um, there's in, some incentives in there as well. He's a guy who seems to have had so many careers almost, Jamal, where yeah. he's he's been great and then he's looked like he was done and then he's been great again. Uh, and he was really good in 2016. So where does he fit into the Nationals bullpen?
0: <clears throat> yeah, I mean... Th- I like this move a lot, let me just say that kind of off the bat, because the biggest thing for the Nats, and there's been obviously a lot of attention as to what they're going to do with their closer, who's going to pitch the ninth inning. And Joe Blanton you know, has never really been a closer, doesn't have the experience, so he's not necessarily the answer in that way. But if you're going to move a guy like Sean Kelly or Blake Trinan or the names that we've kind of been talking about, if those guys are going to move up and move into the ninth inning role, we well, need somebody to help. You know, pitch those earlier innings and pitch those earlier roles that they were doing, and it really hadn't found anybody all off seasons to replace, uh, to to add their depth to their bullpen. And I think blend is going to do that. You know, he was really, really, really good last year, and it kind of it came out of semi nowhere, um, like you said, as a guy who 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 maybe two years ago you wondered if he was still in the league, uh, and and for him to be one of the key pieces that Dodgers bullpen last year was very impressive. Um, you know, can he repeat that last year? You know, perhaps not, but I think he's still shown he's got a, a, a quality arm. It can be a quality major league reliever. Uh, and I think you add him into a mix now when you have – you know, Trinan and, and Kelly and, and Blanton and uh, Sammy Solis and, you know, guys like Oliver Perez. And, and now when you, now you've now got a, a strong pen, and we, we saw it so often during the postseason and during the season, that when you can shorten games up and after the sixth inning or where your starter comes out, where you basically have a lockdown bullpen, you have three or four or five arms to run out there, just what a difference it makes. So uh, exactly what his role is going to be is kind of still to be determined. Uh, he still has to pass his physical before that deal becomes official. Uh, here as of, of uh, Wednesday morning. But I think definitely it's, it's, it's a move that I like a lot just help kind of strengthen this bullpen, uh, which right now is kind of their biggest glaring weakness uh, heading into the season.
1: All right, one more thing to touch on with you, Jamal, and that is life on the road. We're talking to all our beat writers here at MLB.com, uh, trying to get some fun stories from your time on the road. Obviously, we'll keep them... Family-friendly, um, as far as that goes. But last year, obviously, was your first year traveling with the Nationals yeah. all the time. Um, but just talk about maybe a, a fun story that came about a, at any time in your career as far as life on the road.
0: Yeah, the, the road is uh, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, it's, as far as you talk about a baseball game, it's obviously the grind of 160-some games. And so you spend kind of half your time uh, in and out of hotel rooms and, and in and out of uh, different different cities kind of right away. I, I, I love it. Uh, my favorite part is, is trying a bunch of different restaurants. You know, people who know me know that it's kind of uh, I, going into the city, I kind of look up the best restaurant, whatever their kind of their food necessarily is. Uh, There's always my probably my number one mission outside of covering the games, is <laughs> to try to find some kind of food to eat. Uh, and it's also just kind of a different animal here down in spring training as well when you're, you're here for, you know, somewhere around six or seven weeks. Uh, and especially with the Nats, the last couple of years, have kind of had some long drives across the state. That's probably been some of the uh, some of my favorite, and then also some of my least favorite times as well. Uh, a couple of days ago, we had a two and a half hour drive across from West Palm Beach over to Fort Myers. Um, you can imagine seeing things, things you see two and a half hours uh, across Florida. Um, and having thinking back roads. It's just a, it's an interesting place, an interesting way to see the country. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing that stands out to me is that there's so um, so many random things. And of course, in the playoffs last year, we had the uh, the raid out. I believe a game two got rained out in DC. So that was kind of a, an interesting thing to kind of to have to cancel flights and scramble for the next morning to, or scramble to try to get a flight out. So it was a Sunday morning or so uh, to, to get to LA, which is great because you're gaining so many hours, but the game was a one o'clock game because the Cubs, the Cubs were playing the Giants, I believe, in, in that game three or whatever, I forget exactly what game in that series. But basically, if the Cubs would have won the dot, the, the they would have won the series that the, the, the uh, Nats would have been playing later on. That night would have been playing like a four or a seven o'clock game or something. But if the Cubs won, the Nats are going to play at one o'clock. So, you know, on one hand, you're booking your flight and hoping that uh, if, if the Cubs win, if the Cubs, so if the Cubs lose, you're basically going to get off your flight and go straight to the ballpark. And I think the game win the extra innings or something, too. So you got to stand up late watching, trying to decide, okay, am I packing to get off this plane and go straight to work? We're not going to be able to pack and get settled and get checked in. And, of course, the Cubs end up uh, losing that game. <laughs> so the Nats had a one o'clock game uh, right after. So it's, 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 it's always just kind of a, a guessing game as far as how to book life or how to, you know, uh, kind of measure all your time and all those things. But, yeah, life on the road is uh, one of, one of the, the many fun things about the baseball
1: beat. Yeah, it's fun, and it's also stressful. I know uh, playoff time, there's been nights where I've had hotels booked in three different cities and waiting to figure out who wins to decide which ones I need to cancel and which ones I need to go Yeah, the
0: rate to cancel them (laughs) while you can.
1: And nothing beats Alligator Alley in March, right?
0: (laughs) A few things do. A few things around the country are.
1: All right, great stuff, Jamal. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Nationals edition. For Jamal Collier, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. MLB.tv
0: Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go